My Nourish Balance Thrive supplement line has finally arrived. I am so excited to share them with you all. I have been taking the products for months now to test them first. And now that they are here for you, I want to share with you my favorite product of all of them. They're all really amazing. But this one is the Nourish Liver Support. We talk about toxicity a lot on the pod from our food and our environment to the air that we breathe and the water that we drink. And as you've heard me say, if we're not getting rid of toxins, on a daily basis, they're going to store in certain areas of your body, kind of think of it being stored in your fat. So as I've told so many of my patients over the years, if they're struggling with weight loss, one reason could be an overburdened body because you just got so many extra toxins being stored in the fat and your body won't release that fat. So we've got to be able to help filter the stuff out and your liver is a filter. So the Nourish Liver Support, I absolutely love. You can check it out at drlisao.com. Click on shop or just click the link below. I want to introduce you to my newest product, Balance Tea in my Nourish Balance Thrive line. What is Balance Tea? This is balancing out testosterone. It might just be the supplement that you've been missing in your entire routine. Ladies, I don't want you to freak out thinking this is only for men. This is also for you. We need testosterone in the right amounts to promote lean, sexy muscle. So if you are realizing you're doing your workouts, you're not really gaining muscle mass, you can't figure out what's going on, you might want this product. So I absolutely love it. I noticed a huge change in my workouts immediately after I started testing it out. So check it out. Grab a bottle for you. Grab a bottle for your hubby. You're going to love it. Click the link below. Otherwise, DrLisaO.com and then click on the shop button. An ironic media production. Visit us at ironicmedia.com. Hey, everybody. I just finished interviewing Beth O'Hara. So take a listen to this one. She's a functional naturopath, and she really deep dives into mast cell activation syndrome along with histamine intolerance, which I know you're probably like, wait a minute. I have no idea. It's a relatively new topic. I'm going to be honest with you, but it's some really great information. Sometimes why people might be taking certain supplements or eating certain foods that are supposed to be so great and so healthy for us Some people react differently than others with that, and there's a reason behind that. So she's going to share with you her story of her personal health struggle and then explain a little bit more on the science behind mast cell activation and figuring out why some people respond the way they do. Take a listen. Hey there, Rockstar. I'm Dr. Lisa Olszewski. I'm so glad you're here. I know you've been struggling for a while trying to figure out why things just aren't changing. I've been there. I get you. I see you. I know how hard you're trying. I'm here to let you know that there's light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm here to teach you the simple steps to becoming that healthy, vibrant you. Are you ready? Let's do this. Well, hello, everybody. I'm Dr. Lisa Olszewski. Thank you so much for joining me here today. I have a fabulous guest with me today, and I'm really excited for you to listen to her story, and we're going to deep dive into all sorts of stuff. But this is Beth O'Hara. She is a functional naturopath specializing in complex chronic immune conditions related to mast cell activation syndrome and histamine intolerance, which if you haven't heard much of that, you're going to learn a lot about that today. 
She's the founder and the owner of MassCell360, a functional naturopathy practice designed to look at all factors surrounding health conditions, including genetic, epigenetic, biochemical, physiological, environmental, and emotional. So Beth, let's just jump right in. I know you have an amazing story of your own chronic health issues. So I know there are a lot of women out there and even men that are going through the same, your same exact story. Right. And that's why I'm so excited about being here with you today, Lisa. I've found that Finding out about mast cell activation syndrome is often a game changer for people who are dealing with chronic illness and then that histamine intolerance piece that we'll look at. The way that I got into all of this was being severely chronically ill myself. And so I started out as a young person, actually at the age of six, I was completely dedicated to going to medical school. I decided at the age of six, I was going to be a physician. I was so single focused on that. But I had these mysterious health issues going on, and um, my mom was always taking me to different doctors, and and tons of allergy-type symptoms. I would have hives. I'd have um, itching, digestive issues. I was kicked by a horse on the top of my head when I was nine, and then that set off all of these sleep issues and anxiety and depression. And at that age, I didn't know to call it anxiety and depression, but when I look back, that's what it was. And that I started having um, issues with ADD. I mean, it was just, I could really keep going. But when I got into college and I was really driven, I was doing too much. So I, you know, overworked myself and I started having trouble getting out of bed. I couldn't take morning classes. Even in high school, I was struggling to get to school on time. It was just so hard to get up and move in the morning. And I just would whip myself. To, to get there. And so in college, it was such a relief to be able to pick my schedule. Do afternoon classes only, right? <laughs> and I, that's exactly yeah. what I did. That's the only way I could do it. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, kept thinking it was a phase. My, my roommate had had mono. Uh, maybe I'd had mono. I'd get over it. But I never got over it. And it just kept getting worse. And by the end of my junior year, I realized if I made it through medical school classes, I was never going to make it through the eight-hour-a-week residency. I just didn't have the stamina. I couldn't even handle 40 hours a week. And one of the most heartbreaking parts of my life, I had a full scholarship, and I had to turn it down. Wow. And I couldn't go. And then, I, you know, what am I going to do with my life? I didn't have a backup plan. There was no alternative. That was all I was going to do. So it took me down these other roads. I became a yoga therapist. I became a computer programmer. You know, I did these different things. But I was was always really drawn to that. And even just starting yoga, I noticed some health benefits from that, just from calming my mind. My nervous system was a wreck at that point. And I knew that there had to be some answers if I kept looking. So I stayed on that road for a while. I had exhausted everything that traditional medicine could offer me. And then I started making my rounds with holistic practitioners and and still not finding solutions. By the time I was 28, I had to use a cane to walk and I could barely walk with the cane. I would hobble to the bathroom. Um, I couldn't exercise. I had gone from somebody who did three-hour yoga practices, standing on my head, dropping into back bends, to it was awful just to try to get dressed in the morning. 
And the fatigue became, it just kept ramping. Muscle pain was excruciating. The joint pain was excruciating. The anxiety got to where if I drove to the grocery and hit any traffic, I would have a panic attack and have to drive back home. It, it was a nightmare, Lisa. And I can tell you both in traditional medicine and alternative practitioners, more often than not, I walked out of their practice with a prescription for an antidepressant or an antipsychotic. So I started to think I was crazy. I did 10 years of therapy. I mean, I just, wow. I, anything that could make me well, I was going to do. I did homeopathy. I did shaman work. I did every, on top of, I did medications. I did supplements. I did detox programs. Right. Nothing was working. And the um, kind of the darkest point was I was still on this cane. I'd had to have a surgery on my foot because tissue had necrotized around a joint. They had to dig out the necrotized tissue. Nobody knew what was going on. I got these bizarre diagnoses like palindromic rheumatoid arthritis, even though I didn't have any positive rheumatoid markers. I I mean, I had every diagnosis under the sun, but things just didn't fit. I got diagnosed as bipolar. I mean, it was just everything. Yeah. And I'm sure probably chronic fatigue and everything else yeah, that went you, right? Fibromyalgia, all those. But nobody was looking at why, what, right. what's triggering this. Mm-hmm. And so I had made my way into the practice of the most experienced functional medicine physician in my area. And it was an hour drive just to get there. And we'd worked together for about three years. And I really appreciate his honesty, but he, he told me one day about three years in, everything we were trying was failing. So we did L-glutamine to heal my gut. It made me super anxious and worsened. I didn't sleep for four years. People say there's no way to not sleep. That's not true. I didn't (laughs) sleep for four years. I became addicted to Benadryl just to be able to to get drowsy. And um, so the L-glutamine made the sleep worse, made me anxious. Curcumin made me more inflamed, which should help with with inflammation. So all these paradoxical reactions. And, you know, went all the way to his office and he said, I don't know where else to go. We've opened every door I know to open and I don't know what to do. And um, I, again, appreciated his honesty, but that's one of the hardest things to hear because he didn't have anywhere else for me to go either. It would have been different if there was, here's a referral. This person may know more. So I sobbed this whole hour drive home. Um, Just getting there wiped me out for a week. And what my saving grace was, I was in a really small group of women um, who were the first followers of Yasmina Kalenstam, who was the first person really reporting in a big way about histamine intolerance and mass cell activation syndrome to the public. And I, uh, that group was just a lifesaver for me. So I went in there and shared what was going on. And one of the other women, most of us were some kind of practitioner or heavily involved in health in some way. And I was already in the health coaching field at that time and helping people get better and watching my clients just lap me. Yeah. And I felt like a, such a hypocrite because I'd co- hobble in on my cane. Mm-hmm. And um, so one woman wrote back and said, run your genetics. I bet we're going to find some answers. And I, I can't tell you the depth of gratitude I have for her. Because I said, I started looking into it. I started looking into what we had at the time, which was like Amy Asko's work. And we had 60 genetic variants we were looking at. Today, I'm up to over 10,000 that I study wow. and, and analyze. But that's where we started. 
She walked me through it. And sure enough, I had genetic variants that caused in, predisposed increases in glutamate. L-glutamine reactions made sense. I had genetic predispositions that, pre, that predisposed me to being overmethylated. So curcumin's a methyl donor. Quercetin's a methyl donor. So that made sense why these things were affecting me. Causing in this those way. reactions, yeah. And I was able to start to put these pieces together and then bring that into the health coaching practice. And that was the real turning point. And then learning what mass cell activation syndrome was, was a real turning point. And I climbed out of that deep, deep ditch that I was in step by step by step. And it took years because I was piecing it together by myself and figuring it all out. But I did. And I followed these different groups on Facebook and figured out what was working for people, what wasn't. And today, I mean, I'm just really immensely grateful to be able to say that I have my life back. I have a full life. I was able to go back to graduate school later in my life. Mm-hmm. And, um, and instead of going to medical school, I went to naturopathy school and made this full circle. And now I run a busy practice. I can go on hikes. I haven't been on a cane for years and years. I can wear heels, which is not great for me, but I missed out on it in my twenties and thirties. So I'm going to take advantage of it. On exactly. It's something all women we need to do occasionally, right? Right. Right. Gotta look pretty. And I had to wear those like orthopedic shoes for oh, years. Yeah. Know? Especially when you're like most stage conscious. And, and it, it, those were the big pieces, the genetic analysis and the mast cell activation syndrome, and then learning what these root triggers are that stir up that condition. And that's what I have. Okay. So explain mast cell activation syndrome for like the listeners that are just saying, holy smokes, I have no idea what this is. Yeah. So one, um, people that might be about to tune out, this condition affects between nine and 17% of the general population. So that's one in 10 or maybe even as much as one in eight. That's a lot of people Mm -hmm. in the chronically ill population. What I'm seeing is it's probably affecting between 50 and 75% because anywhere you have chronic inflammation, you have mast cell activation going on. So what this is the mast cells. So it's spelled M A S T as in Tom Mast cells are the frontline defender immune cells, and it's their job to be constantly sensing and surveying what's going on and what's coming into the body, what's happening inside the body, and they're looking for toxins, they're looking for pathogens. So anytime there's toxicity, anytime there are pathogens, they're going to get involved. So many people have some um, awareness of them in terms of if you get a splinter and you don't get it out fast enough and it starts to get red and swollen or you get a cut and you don't clean it out early and it starts to get red and swollen, might get itchy. Those are mast cells creating inflammation and their role is to surround whatever this invading toxin or pathogen is, create some inflammation that isolates that and then they orchestrate the rest of the immune response so that those other immune cells come in and clean up whatever's going on. So if we don't have elevated toxins in our environment and we don't have a high pathogen load, they they naturally do that inflammation increase and then it comes back down and everything is good. What's happened is we live in a world that is full of toxins, full of things like electromagnetic fields that 
affect those mast cells. And then all of this toxicity, these electromagnetic fields, these different changes that are happening in our environment are creating superbugs, super molds, and we're exposed to so much more. And that's why these things are, have been on the rise. So mast cell activation syndrome is where the mast cells become overreactive. So it's like their programming gets mixed up. And I like to think of them like the guards of the castle gate. And so if the body is the castle, the mast cells are the guards that are there to let the friendly things in, nutrients, air, water, supplements, things like that, and then to stop anything that shouldn't be there. But if just like if you had a guard that was under attack 24-7 and never got to take a break and was on duty for five months on end, you're going to get some PTSD and some crazy things happening. What happens is the mast cells get this dysregulated programming, and I think of it like then they start shooting at butterflies, things that should be friendly, things that should be recognized as fine, and we get this overreactivity going on in the body. Got it. So then that's the histamine. Then all of a sudden there's this, I'm assuming a cascade going through there. Exactly. So histamine is one of the things that mast cells can release. And this is one of the reasons I love to study the cells is they're so fascinating. So we've known about mast cells since the late 1800s. We are still discovering new mediators that they can release. So I used to say that there were over 200 mediators and I just heard that we now know there's over a thousand mediators and what mediators are are these chemicals that mast cells can release. So they have all these receptors on the outside to sense different things. And they have all these chemicals inside that they can release, should be releasing selectively. And so this is going on, we're going to release histamine or um, interleukins or cytokines or chemokines. So there's all kinds of these different things they can even release um, things like serotonin. Wow. And then um, with when we get mast cell activation, we're getting over-release of those things, histamine and these other things. Or we can get complete degranulation, which means they release all of those chemicals at once. And that's where we get things like where people have anaphylaxis, which is not quite as common. Okay. So let's go through some of the symptoms that one might be experiencing. Obviously, we know it'd be a lot of inflammatory type issues, but especially for women, um, and I guess, you know, women or men, uh, we can all experience this. So what are some of the inflammatory issues that you would say um, to start looking toward? So one of their classic ones, which are like what I was having, itching, hives, allergy-like reactions, itchy eyes all the time, runny nose, um, those are the most classic, but you don't have to have those symptoms to have mast cell activation because the mast cells are in all of the systems in the body, almost all of the tissues. And so a lot of people don't have this skin involvement. And this is one of the big misconceptions. I get so many people that come from allergist or immunologist offices have been told if you don't have itching, if you don't have flushing, you don't have rashes, you can't have mast cell activation. And that's just simply not true. It's just misinformation that's out there. So in uh, gut symptoms can be things like acid reflux. Um, Anytime there's a bowel disorder, an inflammatory bowel disorder, there's mast cell involvement. So this would be things like Crohn's, um, celiac, ulcerative colitis, any of those conditions. So we can get diarrhea or constipation. We can get food sensitivities and reactions, chemical sensitivities, 
in the brain, we think of things like brain fog, anxiety, depression. There's something called mast cell rages where there's a huge amount of mast cells in the brain. And if they start releasing those molecules too quickly, inflammatory molecules, people, and I've had this, it feels like you go into incredible Hulk mode. Like it is just this massive rage that comes on and it's really hard to control. So you think about that and all these road rages that people get and they're eating fast food as they're on the road, you know, or all these things that can trigger those mast cells that we can talk about. So then we can have cardiovascular symptoms, things like low blood pressure is much more common, but high blood pressure can happen too. Heart palpitations, common chest pains that aren't related to heart attacks. Um, Trying to think of some other reproductive symptoms. So, and this is especially involves women. Women are more likely to, uh, to experience these kinds of issues because we have higher estrogen. Yeah. Estrogen triggers mast cells to release histamine. Histamine raises estrogen. Wow. That estrogen is going to trigger more histamine and it becomes a cycle and we can end up estrogen. So women who are estrogen dominant have a much harder time with this. And who isn't estrogen dominant in this day and age? With it's, all it's rare to not be. Any, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so we have those pieces. So what we're looking for are symptoms in two or more systems. So it could be urinary symptoms like urinary pain and burning, interstitial cystitis and brain fog and sleep issues. It can be things like vulvodynia, reproductive problems, menstrual problems and digestive issues. So any kind of pattern like that, we need to look at mast cell activation and there's so many symptoms. There's no way for me to describe them all here, but I have a symptom survey people can go take on my website and they can take a look and see if this might be affecting them. And so I would bet a lot of women, because this isn't something they're going to see in like mainstream medicine, right? So I'm assuming, because I see it all the time in my own practice where people will come in and more so it's women versus men, but they have been told kind of like you, Hey, it's all in your head. Um, you know, just take this medication, just deal with it this way. Like, or this is what I really hate is when they're just told that you just have to live with this the rest of your life. This is just how it is. Or you're, you're just aging or, you know, I have people that come (laughs) in and they're 50 and they've been told, well, you're just aging. And I'm like, this is not aging. No. This kind of inflammation you're having, these sleep issues, all these food sensitivities and gut issues. This is not aging. Mm -mm. I agree. I get so frustrated with that because, um, yeah, I was the same way. I always laugh. I'm I'm like, I have better health now in my forties than I ever did in my twenties or my thirties. And it was the same type of thing being told, well, this is just how life is Lisa. When you're 25 years old, I'm like, no, I don't really think this is right. And thank God for my path. Like that I chose differently and chose natural to look, you know, outside of the box. So exactly. I was told I was going to be in a wheelchair by the time I was 35 and I'd be in that wheelchair the rest of my life. And I just refuse to believe it. it. It is trickling in a little more to mainstream, but there's still a lot of problems with it because so mast cell activation syndrome only got a diagnosis code in 2016. Oh, wow. Okay. And the diagnostic criteria is still in flux. There are a lot of problems with it and it's only capturing about 10% of people that have this syndrome. So the criteria is what we t- just talked about, the symptoms and two or more systems. Okay. And then the problem with the criteria is it requires that you have elevations in blood work on at least one mast cell mediator. The pro- so it could be histamine, could be interleukins, prostaglandin D2. Part of the problem is one 
hundreds of mast cell mediators. There's no way they're going to test for all of them. And two, these mediators are up and down in the bloodstream so quickly, boom and back down, boom and back down. So there are some practitioners that they're working hard to get insurance coverage. So they have to have that diagnosis code and it has to meet the criteria. They will have their patients sit in their practice for eight hours, do something to trigger a massive flare, which is going to make them more sick and can make those symptoms, you know, worse for three to four months. And then they um, draw their blood every hour on the hour to try to get these positive markers. And this is insane. We don't know. So that tells me that this diagnostic criteria is just young and needs a lot more work, needs a lot more evolution. So I don't even ask people to get those drawn because I'm not working in insurance, so we don't need them. But it's expensive if your insurance doesn't cover all of it. It can cost thousands of dollars to get those drawn. Well, and I can see that. And that's where I always, um, especially with blood work and, and like, I can understand with this and things like women's hormones. And that's what I have always said. I'm like, okay, so now, you know, where all of these were at, at this time period of this one day. And especially when like I, my example that I use, like is women's hormones, where we're changing 30 days out of the month, it doesn't matter what you were on Tuesday at noon when we need to kind of know where it was on, you know, the following Friday at three in the afternoon, because we're always in a state of flux. So same right. type of thing there. I can totally see that. And, and my heart aches when you say about like, we're going to trigger this and the poor person's going to be in, a, in an attack for however many months at this point or symptoms. Oh, <laughs> what can happen is it sets off a mass cell cascade. And this is one of the things that's going on. People are getting really sick with aggressive detox protocols mm-hmm. and these aggressive detox protocols. Anytime you're killing off pathogens or you're speeding up talk detox too fast, so if you speed up detox too fast, you're going to get increase of those reactive oxygen species, which are inflammatory. And then killing off pathogens, you're going to get an increase of biotoxins. Well, those are mast cell triggers. Yeah. So, and then there, there are a lot of practitioners. I mean, they're very well-meaning and, and it works fine for people that don't have this issue. But people who do, and then they're told, well, you, it's just a Herx reaction. You just need to push through it. I've had a number of people come to my practice who were told that, and then they had this massive decline in their health and they're just struggling to climb out of it. And this is because these mast cells live well over a year. They're long living cells. Once they get dysregulated, they've got to turn over. And then hopefully that programming gets shifted. So that's some of what we do in the protocols are things specifically to help shift that programming, those mast cells as well. But we get, you, you mentioned the word cascade earlier, and that's exactly what it is. The mast cells, when they start to release their inflammatory compounds, it triggers the surrounding mast cells. And then they're going to release their inflammatory compounds, triggering the surrounding mast cells. And that will spread out exponentially, kind of like a wildfire out of control. So we need to go more gently, especially as this becomes much more common, more gently with these detox protocols and keep people at a level that feels comfortable and not too intense. So how, is, how do you address that, this type of syndrome in your clients? So the first thing I do with everybody that I work with is a root cause analysis. Mm -hmm. And I work them through what are the most common root triggers. That's where we start. Now, there are less common ones. And then if addressing the most common ones don't fix it, we go look at the less common ones. And these root triggers are things like, one, food triggers, 
And this is often not what people are thinking of as being triggers. So of course, gluten and dairy, those are common triggers, but we're talking about high histamine foods, which are often what people think of as healthy foods. So some of them are healthy foods. So spinach is high histamine, strawberries, pineapple. These can be triggers. Bone broth can be a trigger. And so if people are noticing if they're doing like a GAPS diet or things that include a lot of high, a lot of fermented foods are higher histamine. And I'm not saying those are bad foods. They're fine for some people, but in this condition, they're triggering. And then um, there are other food categories like lectins are being talked about more now. Those are in foods like the nightshades, tomatoes, eggplants. Um, They're in, in a number of foods, oxalate foods. So, I see a, a number of people also who started doing a lot of spinach smoothies, which are high histamine and high oxalate and celery juice. Mm-hmm. So they were doing multiple glasses of celery juice every day and trying to do that celery juice yeah. cleanse. And then they got really triggered. So that's one are the, the food triggers. And then where people have antibodies to foods, those can be triggers. Um, any kind of pathogens. So we're talking about chronic viruses, Lyme, Things like SIBO, gut infections, parasite infections. But the most common that I see is mold toxicity. And I see that in over 75% of my clients. It's a huge trigger and mold's become a major issue. Why is that? So I've been asking this question as well. And I've been talking with, um, I have a friend, Jeff Bookout, who's one of the best mold, environmental mold experts in the country. And what he's been telling me is there's, there's a few factors. So one, electromagnetic fields. That makes sense. Okay. Increase mold growth because the molds sense that as a danger and they have their own kind of fight or flight type response. And then they start putting out more toxins and more spores when they're under attack or under threat. This is why when you, you've got to be very specific about how you kill off mold in your environment, because if you don't fully get it, they're actually going to become more aggressive in their growth. What's the secret to your hair, Dr. Lisa? I get that question so much. And what I have changed recently is using my Nourish Collagen Peptides from the Nourish Balance Thrive line. As you know, before I ever put my name on anything, I test it out for months. And so therefore, I have been using this product for a long time before it ever became available to you guys. Why am I loving this product so much more than any other ones that I've ever used? A, this is grass-fed collagen. So if you are dealing with post-COVID hair loss, if you are dealing with a Hashimoto's diagnosis or a hypo or just low thyroid diagnosis and you're losing your hair, or maybe you're noticing your hair just isn't as thick as it used to be when you were in your 20s, right? There's so many of us noticing that. You might want to add some collagen into your routine. And the Nourish Collagen Peptides is from grass-fed cows, so you're going to love that. You're not going to get all the nasty hormones or whatever else that might be in conventional products. I am always looking for the cleanest source available. What else? If you're looking in the mirror and you're noticing those laugh lines, or if you can pinch your skin and it doesn't like rebound back as fast as it used to, that means the elasticity of your skin just isn't there and we want to rebuild it, nourish it so it can thrive, right? So the Nourish Collagen Peptides will do just that. And obviously as a chiropractor, I love this because it is good for your joint health as well. So Nourish Collagen Peptides has type 1 and type 3 collagen peptides in it, which are great for, like I said, hair, skin, and nails. So if you are dealing with laugh lines or thinning hair 
or creaky joints, you're going to want to grab a container of the Nourish Collagen Peptides. You can mix it into your smoothies, into your coffee. You can mix it into like your brownies if you're eating that. DrLisaO.com. Click the shop link or click the link below. And then we, in the 70s, building codes changed um, in the United States and in some other countries, a lot of countries, to make the buildings more environmentally friendly. So we now we wrap buildings and we seal them as they're being built. But they're so tightly wrapped that condensation gets trapped between the walls. Got it. And that's anytime you have moisture for more than 48 hours, you're going to have mold growth. And another factor can be the, the, the fungicidal paints are strong enough to kill off the weak growing molds, but not the strong growing molds or the more, more um, toxic molds. And so the less toxic molds actually keep those more toxic molds in check. And now we've wiped them out. Wow. So there's those factors. Got it. Then we touched on hormones. Yeah. That's one of the root causes. Um, nutrient deficiencies, especially I see people who've been trying so hard to figure out what foods they can eat and not eat, and then they pare themselves down too small. And there are a number of nutrients that are really critical for mast cell support and also histamine breakdown. Okay. So things like B6, um, vitamin C, sulfates are a big one. I see people take themselves off of a lot of sulfur foods like broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, um, especially if they have SIBO, you have to come off of those a lot of times. But we've got to find other sulfur foods that are okay for SIBO, like arugula, and keep that sulfur in the diet because sulfur is so critical for detox. And also the mast cells use sulfur to stabilize themselves by making something called heparin sulfate. Okay. So if they don't have that, then, then they're just going to be out of control. They can't come back. Then we talked about hormones. Mm-hmm. And then stress is a huge one. And if I could get away with talking about it first, I would, because this is where I start everybody. But when I talk about it first, people tune out and they don't listen to me anymore. Um, But stress is huge. Any early traumas, we were talking about women being told over and over that their symptoms are in their heads, that, you know, I I was actually told I was attached to being sick and I was causing my illness. And that causes a type of medical PTSD. Mm -hmm. And then anytime somebody's had early childhood traumas, that anything like this, and, and mold toxicity also dysregulates the nervous system. So I start everybody with nervous system supports yeah. and nervous system calming. And then airway issues are another big one. And so that's why I have braces is because um, it's expanding my palate because my dental arch was so narrow from wow. poor nutrition and my mother didn't have good nutrition and, you know, this generational thing that happens with dentation. So those, those are some of the major root factors. There's a number of others. Well, you also just think everybody, when we're stuck in fight or flight mode with, with our stress levels, you know, and parasympathetic is not able to balance out as well. Like our breathing is just even going to be off. We're not going to be, you know, the deep breathers will be more shallow breathers. And so that's just a whole nother, everything is a cascade. It's all, again, this is my chiropractic background coming back, but you can't change one thing without it affecting the rest of the body. Right. So that's together. And when people have nerve, you know, we talk about chiropractic, when people have subluxations that are pressing on nerves, then um, that can send a signal to those mast cells also. And we get this increase of inflammation. We see a lot of hypermobility in mast cell activation. 
And um, I've, I've heard a number of chiropractors not want to adjust somebody with hypermobility because they don't want to keep mobilizing them. But you have to get things back into alignment or you've got that constant nerve static. Going. Right. Absolutely. Well, this is so informative. Where can they find your symptom checking list? So if you go to masscell360.com and under there's a menu header called, it says MCAS, under there it says symptom survey. Okay. And then I've got a ton of free resources there on the blog. And I would really encourage people if they think they might have this, do that symptom survey. And then go to mastcell360.com slash free report. And I have a really extensive in-depth report on these root triggers we were just talking about. And if you think you have this, so if you score 50 or higher on the symptom survey, get that free report and then start to step through which root triggers are more likely to be affecting you. And then take that to your practitioner My practice is closed for the year, but I'm going to be taking new people next year. And so I'm happy to help people or take this to somebody who can help you with mast cell activation. So informative. Beth, blah, blah, blah. Beth, thank you so much for being here today. I so appreciate your time. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm just love that we can work together like this to help people. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All content provided by Dr. Lisa Olszewski and her guests and her programs, including this podcast, her website, summits, and other platforms, is for educational and informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of your physician or another qualified health provider before you make any changes to your health routine, especially related to this content. Ask your physician questions about medical conditions. No statement has been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and products mentioned or discussed in these programs are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I hear it all the time. How do I get my kids to eat fruits and vegetables? How can I get them to take a multivitamin? Or even for our adults, I hate fruits and vegetables. How do I incorporate some of the great benefits of this? This is why I created the Nourish Super Greens and Super Reds. You are going to love them. They are all organic. You have organic green blend and an organic red antioxidant blend. But what else I love about this... I brought in immune support as well. So we have such amazing superfoods, all of the different mushrooms that are in there, along with digestive enzymes. And you can just mix it into your smoothie. You can mix it into some water, but it tastes good. There are no added sugars. You're going to love it. So just click the link below or go to drlisao.com and click the shop button.